Well, Gelvin, what news? Almost our entire headquarters staff are working in the interference transmitter, Dr. Kramer. But it will have to be virtually rebuilt, I'm afraid. I knew that hours ago when I made my first inspection. What I want to know now is how long will it take? Several days. And I don't like leaving Britain and his team on Orbiter X. They can do no harm. Uh, perhaps not. But we have an emergency interference transmitter ready for service. It can work for short periods, and it would screen us from the ground monitors if we did decide to fly out and collect Britain. But why? He has no radio and no transport. No, that's true enough. Yes, I think our main concern is Woomeran. We know the ships are grounded, but what is happening there? We have no information at all. What we need is an agent of Woomeran. Yes, but who? Hmm. What about this pilot, Captain Bradley? I understand he's changed quite a lot during the past weeks. Oh, yes. Our new methods of indoctrination work quickly. Bradley is quite ready to work for us now. But uh, CSP believe he's dead and still aboard his derelict ship, Orbiter One. Obviously, it will be out of the question for him to reappear suddenly in Woomera. I wonder. i like to see him. Yes, have him brought here. Right. Yes, sir. Have Captain Bradley sent to Dr. Kramer's office at once, will you? Yes, sir. Before he comes in, tell me something about him, Gilvin. Tell me about his mental condition. Well, as a result of our treatment, he's lost interest in all his old associations, including his wife and family in London. Good. He is now opposed to the Commonwealth Space Project, and politically he despises both democracy and military dictatorship. <laughs> in fact, if you ask him about these things, he will repeat our own party line. He's dedicated to unity. How does he look? Well, as you'd expect. It's obvious he's been through a period of stress, shall we say. You remember his leg was broken, so he still walks with a limp. And he's lost quite a bit of weight. Does he need any drugs? No, not now. His convictions have been stabilized. So he might make a good agent. I'm sure he would. If he could be planted without arousing suspicion. Of course. What have you got in mind, Kramer? I'll tell you later. First, I want to examine Bradley myself. I shall keep the interview very short, just one or two questions, and, of course, part of the test will be to offer him his freedom. Not that he'll get it, but if he declines the offer, we shall know that he's probably reliable. Yes, I'm certain he is, but you'll see. Ah, that'll be him. Come in. Oh, uh, come in, Captain Bradley. You remember me? Yes, you are Dr. Crum. Of course you do. Uh, Gelbin, give him a chair, and perhaps uh, he would like a little refreshment. But of course. Let me see. You had a small fracture in that right leg of yours, didn't you? I hope it's not troubling you too much. As you see, Dr. Crum, we've been able to take the plaster off for him. I think our medical people have done quite a good job there. Good, I'm glad to hear it. How are you feeling in your general health, Bradley? I'm feeling very well, thank you. Excellent. Here, take this. I expect you'd like to drink to our new understanding. Yes, I should. To our new understanding. <laughs> We've had some difficult times together. But now that is all behind us, hmm? Yes, you have been very patient. I hear that Gelbin has talked a lot of politics to you. I hope he hasn't killed your interest in the subject. No, far from it. 
It's very important. It is indeed. You have lived in the British Commonwealth, so naturally we've been interested in your views on that form of government. I believe you've developed some strong views. I see things more clearly now. That's most interesting. You now see faults which didn't strike you before. Yes, I do. Well, we all have to learn. What do you think is fundamentally wrong with democracy? To me, the basic fault is that there is no effort to associate scientific qualifications with political power. So we have governments which are dangerous and quite unsuited to lead their countries in a world of scientific progress. I think you're quite right. But does this mean that you've swung over to the military state? No, I believe that arises when the scientist's rightful place of leadership is taken by mere men of action. You know, Gelbin, that's perfectly true. Yes, how very interesting. Now, if you take those views out into the world, Captain Bradley, you might do a great deal of good. What do you mean, Dr. Cromer? I mean, you are perfectly free to leave here whenever you like. We are not monsters. You can go to any country of your choice. If you choose to keep in touch with us, you're very welcome to. In fact, you might find it to your advantage. No, I'd... I'd prefer not to go away. Well, that's a very nice compliment to us. But what are your hopes for the future? I hope to see a world government created by unity and led by yourself, Dr. Kramer. And I want to help you if I can. So you are prepared to work for us? Yes. You said you would like to stay here at headquarters, but perhaps you could serve as best as a unity agent. Would that interest you? Yes, I'm ready to do whatever you think best. We might send you to Woomera. What about that? Woomera? Yes, I'd even go there. Good. Now, don't worry. That's all for the moment, Bradley. Off you go and try and get some rest. Thank you. I'm most grateful. Oh, by the way... Yes, Dr. Carmen? I should have mentioned it before. I believe your wife and family are in London. How would you like to send a message to them? No, thank you. It's not important. Well, Kramer, are you satisfied? Yes, we can use him. Good. But he, we won't let him know the location of his headquarters. He'll have to work through a contact. Now, you were saying that you know this interference transmitter is ready for service? Yes, we can operate it for, for a limited period. Good. We shall only need it to screen a very short flight. You see, Captain Bradley is going back to Womera. But where will you have him picked up? He's supposed to be... Exactly. Our CSP friends will pick him up in the most obvious place of all. How's this space chariot shaping up, Bob? If you look through the observation port, you can see for yourself. It's floating right alongside. Hickey's out there fixing the control panel onto the framework. Framework is right. Looks a bit flimsy, doesn't it? Well, it's good enough for short hops. Yeah, that's what's worrying me. I've just worked out our course for orbit at two. Ah, why didn't you say so? I'm afraid there's a snag. Oh, what's the trouble? Well, the nearest she'll ever come to us is 500 miles. Oh, 
And 500 miles on that piece of ironmonger is going to be a rather shaky do. Yeah. I don't even know what speed it's capable of. Neither do I. It was only built for pottering about, so nobody ever worried very much about that. In fact, the design is aimed at keeping the speed down as far as possible. Ah, Icky's coming back through the airlock. Yes, I'll take him on a test run in a moment. Tell me, Mac, how long have we got before Orbiter 2 closes into the 500-mile mark? About eight and a half hours. Mm. So that gives Kramer plenty of time to come back and step on us. Yeah. Well, how's our flight engineer? (coughs) Oh, dear, oh, dear. I'd like to meet the bright boys who designed that little lot out there. All right, Chief. Now, listen... I got a nice little surprise for you. Uh, okay, I'll buy it. We're going 500 miles on that chariot. Oh, no. Oh, yes. And we've got about eight hours to kill before we start. So that gives us nice time for a test run. Yes, well, uh, shall I stay here while you and Mac go? No. I want Mac to stay here and work out our speed by time and distance measurements. All right, Mac? Sure, Bob. Well, we'll just take a trip round the Orbiter X components, Hickey. See if we can remember what's inside the different rockets. Oh, so it's to be a revision test as well, is it? Oh, come on, Chief. Snap out of it. Cheer up. Let's get into the airlock. Okay. See you later, Mac. You hope. Thank you. Your helmet intercom, okay, Hickey? Yes, okay. Got your anti-magnetic spanners with you? Oh, no. Turn it up, Bob. You'll probably need them. Yes, I reckon I will, too. No, yes, I've got them. Now, pressure zero. I'll open the outer hatch. Oh, we're just about over the tip of South America. Look at the reflection of the sun on the water down there. Yes, and look at the space chariot right here. All right, all right, jump. Stim aboard. Your boot magnets on? Yes, sir, on okay. Good. We better check the mountings for the jets before we start them up. Well, the thrust jets are okay aft. Yes. Retros seem to be okay up in the front. How about the seats on the middle section? Are they secure? <laughs> yes, I made sure of them. Fine. Sit down, fasten your straps. All right, I'll start the compressors. That's a funny little joker, isn't it, eh? It certainly is. Well, it works anyway. You all set? Yes, all set. And I'll open them up slowly. All right. We're moving. Riding through vacuum on an old car chassis. Oh, what a performance. Well, as a matter of fact, the performance seems to be extraordinarily good. Well, let's see how she turns when I open the starboard jet. Here she goes. Round to the left. Now, I'll turn the other way. Uh, that's not too bad at all, is it? Uh, now, before we get too far from the workshop, drug it, I'll try the retrospect. Hold on. What do you think of that? There's brakes for you. Yes. Do you mind if I take over, Bob? Yeah, I hope so. All right. Very good. All right, okay. Now then, steer for rocket number two. You can see it almost between us and the pole star. Yes, I've got it. Oh, I must say, the handle's all right. Changing your ideas a bit, eh? Can you remember what's aboard, rocket number two? Yes, now let me think middle section of the rocket itself will be part of the space station's central hub. And the station airlock is inside, already assembled. That's right. Yes. Now, uh, open the jets and we'll cross over to the far side of the cluster. Skim round the rockets over there. Right. Yes. 
Oh, I say, the cross doesn't help push you back into your seat, doesn't it? It certainly does. You better slow down or we'll be landing on the South Pole. As a matter of fact, you've got to be careful with this thing. It wouldn't be difficult to shoot right down into the atmosphere and burn up. You're right there. Make a turn round. We'll go back to the central workshops. Okay. The rest of the rockets are really expensive ones. They're carrying the power plant, communications equipment, the laboratory apparatus, and... Can I say, what's your target? We're closing in fast. Right. I'm starting the retro jets. Now, come up alongside the workshop's hatch. Okay, you're the pilot. There we are. Uh, how's that? Uh, well done. Well, what do you think of the space yeah, chariot well, now? I must say, I take it back everything I said. She may look like an ugly bit of hardware, but my gosh, she handles like a dream. She certainly does. And if Kramer will just keep away a bit longer, we'll be aboard Orbiter 2 and back at Boomerang within a week. That'll be a shock for him. Quite a shock for Colonel Kent, too, I think. Come in. Sorry to disturb you at this time of night, Colonel Kent. Oh, I, I was only dozing in the chair. Uh, what do you want? Could you step into the control room right away? It's very urgent, sir. What, what's happened? Well, it's going to shake you, sir, and I'm not kidding. We're all wondering whether we can believe our ears in there. Well, come on, man, out with it. We're in contact with Captain Bradley. Uh, what? Where is he? I know it sounds unbelievable, but he's talking to us from Orbiter One. Orbiter One? His own ship. This isn't a hoax, is it? No, I assure you, sir. Right, come along. When did you first make contact? Only a couple of minutes ago. We had about an hour of strong interference, and when it cleared, we heard him. We thought it must be somebody playing a crummy trick at first, but then the monitoring station started ringing up in a heck of a panic, and they all say it's Bradley's voice. Have you alerted the direction finders? Yes, the report should be coming in now. Any more news, Arthur? Yes, direction finder says signals are definitely comes from Orbiter 1. It doesn't seem possible. I know it doesn't, sir, but you can talk to Brad yourself. Take my chair. The mic's on. Oh, all right. Hello? This is CSP Woomera calling Orbiter 1. CSP calling. Come in, please. There, we know he is. Hello? Orbiter 1, are you receiving me? Hello, this is CSP Control. Hello, CSP. Orbiter One, answering you. Yes, that's him. Brad, this is Kent here. Tell me, what's happened? Can't talk very much. Take your time. Is anyone with you? No, flight engineer Carter was killed by an explosion in the engine room. Wilson went out to inspect the hull never came back. I've been living on oxygen from the fuel tank. Almost gone now. Can't hold out very much longer. Brad, after you first took off, you sent us a signal saying that your starboard jets were smashed. What happened? There was a collision. Don't know what caused it. A collision? What with? 
Uh, Brown, have a ship lined up on the launching platform for immediate takeoff and alert one of the pilots. Yes, sir. Uh, call Captain Knight. Tell him we're going out to Orbiter One. I'll be travelling with him. Okay, sir. Hello, Orbiter One. Brad, are you still listening? Yes, but reception intermittent. All right. I won't worry you with any more questions now. I'm coming out to pick you up. Don't risk your neck. There may be a fault in all our ships. Something wrong with the compressors. Listen, Brad. I'm not leaving you alone out there. Don't worry. I'll keep a check on the compressors. Just hold on a little longer and I'll be with you. You understand? Yes. I understand. Brown, put a call through to the Minister of Astronautics in Canberra. Tell him I know perfectly well that all ships are officially grounded, but this is an emergency, and I'm taking a calculated risk. Got that? Yes, sir. Has Captain Knight been called? Yes, he's going straight down to the launching platform. I'll join him right away. I'll explain the position and see how he feels about it. As far as I'm concerned, Bradley is my personal responsibility. I sent him out, and it's up to me to get him back. <laughs> Unity control. Yes. Right, very good. Dr. Kramer. Yes, Kelvin. The tracking office is, is feeding vision signals straight through to our central monitor. We should see Kent ships soon after he takes off from Woomera. Good. Stand by with the predictor to check his course and turn up the sound monitor. Right. You know, I must say, from the time we left Bradley aboard Orbiter One, he has carried out his instructions admirably. His warning about the imaginary faults in the CSP ships was really quite convincing. It was essential that it should be. It ensures that the remainder of the Commonwealth fleet remains grounded. At the same time, it covers us if we should have to take the offensive against Kent. Calling Orbiter One. This is another signal. CSP Umara calling Orbiter One. Orbiter One answering you, CSP. Hello, Brad. Colonel Captain Knight Ah, wait, there's a complication. Look. Yes. Instead of climbing straight up, he's conserving power. And if he follows his present course... Exactly. It will take him dangerously close to Orbiter X. And his attention will be concentrated on the component rockets. And if Britain makes a visual signal, it could hardly be missed. If we can't risk the meeting, what shall we do? I hate altering my plans. But unless Kent changes his course, he will have to be stopped. Check his range and line up the missile. Right. I shall allow Colonel Kent to within 300 miles of the space station. If he approaches closer than that, Gelbin, I shall order you to fire. <laughs> What's our altitude, Chris? 
Just coming up to 700 miles, Colonel Kent. Good. How are you feeling, sir? Oh, not so hot. Take off rather knock me to six. I suppose I'm getting a little old with this sort of thing. Never mind that. We've got a job to do. I'll check the navigation. Yeah. Yes. If we stick to our present course, we'll be passing very close to the space station components. That's right. They'll be more or less in our path. In fact, you can just make them out on the radar screen now. We're converging with them pretty fast. No sign of Bradley's ship yet? No, not yet. Oh. And the small blip we see on number three scanner must be Orbiter 2. Yes, I think it must be. I'll check that with CSP. Hello, is this special mission calling CSP? SM calling Commonwealth Space Project Woomera. Hello, SM. CSP answering you. Control, there's an object bearing from us QY7GS04. Can you identify, please? The range is approximately 3,000 miles. Right. The trackers are checking for you now, sir. Thank you. Oh, Colonel Kent, I've just been given a report here. It's from the Minister of Astronautics in Canberra. He says everything's okay. And he wishes you good luck and a successful mission. And he's standing by for more information as it comes in. Good. Give him my compliments and... Tell him I'll keep in touch through you. Okay. I've got that answer to your query now, sir. That object you are asking about is Orbiter 2. Yes. We thought it must be. I'll give you the distance check. It is 2,800 miles away from you now. Thank you, CSP. That's all. Huh. Yes, I wonder. I know what you're thinking, sir. Oh, do you? Yes. If Jack Bradley's managed to hold out aboard Orbiter 1, isn't it just possible that Britain or some of his crew might still be alive in Orbiter 2? Exactly. But the last time we heard from Bob, he had oxygen for about an hour. Well, Brad's found a method of tapping the oxygen in the fuel tanks. The others could have done the same. If they have, why haven't they called us? We can only find the answer to that by changing course and boarding them. Yes, well, that would mean opening the jets and using the compressors at top boost. Yes. Remember, Bradley warned us they might be faulty, and that's the very reason why we're holding to our present course on a steady rate of ascent. Yes, I know, but the compressors were all right on the takeoff and acceleration. We've got a perfect opportunity to go aboard Orbiter 2. And I don't think I'd ever have any peace of mind if we don't take it. Neither would I. We'll tell CSP we're going to change course. Good. Hello, SM calling CSP. Come in, please. We are about to change course in order to converge with Orbiter 2. We shall then rendezvous with Orbiter 1 as arranged. There will be very little change in the time schedule. That's all. Thank you, SM. Message understood. Well, we're committed now, Chris. Start the compressors. Yes, sir. The instrument readings are all quite normal. Certainly nothing wrong there. Open the jet slowly. Better to play safe. Right. All jets firing. Seven tenths maximum. Good. Open them up and we'll change course. I'm sorry we won't be getting our close-up view of the Orbiter X space station, but that can wait. Here we go.
tracks now, chaps. If we've left anything behind in the workshops, it's too late to turn back. I think we've got everything we shall need, Bob. Uh, it's a pity we can't have a picture of ourselves right now. Three men in space suits, sitting on a sort of flying car chassis loaded with gear, <laughs> and a couple of tiddly little jets stuck on the back. Talk about the satellite, brothers. That's just what we will be if these jets pack up. No, they won't. In fact, we can cut them for a bit and give them a rest. We don't want to burn them out. How much further do you make it to Orbiter 2, Mac? I was just thinking we should be able to see her now. The trouble is, this portable radar outfit isn't much use at this distance. Okay, I'll start sweeping. Concentrate on bearing 275-DL34. She's around there somewhere. Okay. According to my calculations, uh, she must be passing over the Canadian Northwest Territories. We should intercept over Hudson Bay, which you can see already. Yes. Here, I've got her. You have? Yes. What's this? Hey, look at the screen. There's another ship alongside her. What? I can't be true. Must be a double image. It isn't, you know. That's a ship, all right. The unitist must have decided to check up on the old orbiter. I must have. What shall we do, Bob? We must sheer off. Open the jets. I'm turning well away to starboard. Okay, that'll do. Cut. We'll keep our distance and hope they don't spot us. Uh, they're not likely to, unless they're on the lookout. We're a pretty small target. Now, what beats me is why should Crom and his mob suddenly choose this particular moment to make their check? I think the explanation's simple enough. They were probably on their way back to join us at the space station. This happens to be the time when the ship and the station orbits are closest to one another. They saw the ship very near to them. That was that. Yeah. I don't imagine they'll stay there long. I hope not. We don't want to stay in those spacesuits long. Even when we do get aboard, we'll have to work in them until we've patched up the hull and made it airtight. Yes. As far as I remember, the fractures weren't too bad. The thing would be for you, Mac, to get straight on with that job. While Hickey and I start fitting the new jets. Good idea. And I can help you with the compressor. Yes, that's it. Uh, at least we can't call it heavy work. The compressor may weigh about half a ton on the ground, but up here I can push it around with my little finger. Make sure you're anchored to something solid. Otherwise, you'll be the part that's pushed. Yes, thank you very much, Bob. Yes, I Look at the screen. The unity ship's moving off. Yes, you're right, it is. Thank goodness for that. Shall we get back on course? No, hold on. Watch the screen. If Carmen and his friends are going straight to Orbiter X, they'll be coming in our direction. Yes, that's a thought. Ah, but they don't seem to be. No, they're going the other way. Yes. I wonder why. Well, maybe they've decided to have a look at Brad's ship while they're at it. Yes, maybe they have. The main thing is they haven't seen us. All right. We've got a lot of work to do. The sooner it's done, the sooner we'll be back with Colonel Kent and the boys again. You can open the jets now, Hickey. Give them all they've got. Okay. I just don't understand it, sir. They weren't the sort of chaps to step out into space and give up like that. Well, Orbiter 2 was empty. We saw that for ourselves. And the airlock hatches were both wide open. That's what makes it so extraordinary. They, they must have known what they were doing. We'll go into it later. 
Just concentrate on Orbiter 1, Chris. Yes. Range closing to 150. A burst or two in the retrojets and we'll be alongside. Good. I'll give Bradley a call. Hello? This is SM calling Orbiter 1. Brad, are you listening? Orbiter 1 answering you, SM. Yes, I'm standing by. Everything all right? Yes, Brad, but I didn't keep calling you in case we ran into trouble. We're about to start the retrojets, and we'll be alongside you right away. I can see a ship to the observation port now. We're on target, Chris. Good. Hello, SM. Colonel Kent, I'll bail out and join you as soon as you give the word. Do you think you can make it by yourself? I can make it. Hold on, Brad. We're turning up. Ah, how's that, sir? There's about 20 yards between us. First class. You might call it beginner's luck. I didn't say anything, but for a split second on the run-in, I thought I was going to ram Orbiter 1. He's been rammed already. You see the damage to his starboard jets? Yes, yes, I do. I'll have to come out here again and make a thorough examination. I won't keep Brad waiting around now. The most important thing is to get him back to Woomera as soon as possible. Yes, he must be in pretty poor shape. Do you think perhaps I should go over and help him across? I think you should. Uh, check your suit. Right. I'll let him know you're coming over. Hello, Brad. We're all clear for you. Chris Knight is coming out to give you a hand. I tell you I can manage. I'm on my way. No, hold it. Hello. Hello, are you there? Ah, cut off. Can't say I blame him. If I'd been shut up in that thing for a few weeks, I don't think I'd wait. No, neither would I. He'll be going through his airlock now. What shall I do? Just watch and see how he gets on. You can always go out to him if he's in trouble. Of course. And though the outer hatch of Orbiter 1 is opening. Yes. And there's Bradley. Yes. He's stepping out. He seems to be moving all right. Good. You can empty our airlock and make it ready for him. Right. Hello, SM. I'm speaking on helmet intercom. Can you hear me? Yes, Brad. We can hear you. And we can see you. You're doing fine. Yes. I'm okay. Steady with your jet pistol. You've got a slight drift to your left. That's better. Our airlock is ready for you to step into. Thanks. Almost there. Yes. I've made it. Good man. He's aboard. He's through the outer hatch. Well, that's the first part of our mission completed, Chris. Yes. Getting back to Woomera should be a piece of cake. Well, there's nothing wrong with the compressors on this ship. No, it isn't the candy. Now, we're going to meet Jack Bradley at last. Funny, you know, I feel quite shaky. It's like meeting someone who's come back from... Well, I know. Open the inner hatch. Brad. Get his helmet off, quickly. Right. Look. Poor chap, he, he looks as if he's practically dead on his feet. Yes. I made it. Yes, you made it. You're safe now. 
Chris, turn on the small oxygen cylinder and hold a tube close to his mouth. Okay. Keep him steady while I see to the rest of his suit. I've, I've got him. Oh, funny, it never occurred to me until now that when a man collapsed out here, he'd stay more or less upright. Now you know. I'm all right. Yes, well, I don't worry. But what happened to that leg of yours? I don't know. I can't remember. Give me a drink or something. Of course. I'll get a squeeze bottle for you. You'd better lie down now, Brad. I'll help you over to one of the contour seats. All right, all right. I can get there myself. Steady now. I'm all right, I tell you. I can take it. Oh, but you don't have to anymore. Try and relax. Here's a drink, Brad. What is it? Coffee. Okay. Oh, that's fine, thanks. It's good of you to come out for me. The radio packed up, you see. And after I repaired it, I kept trying to get through to you. And of course, we didn't hear anything until the interference lifted. Then we came straight out. You weren't the first one. You mean you saw Britain when he came after you? No, I never saw him. What? Was he out here? Yes. And never came back. Oh. I'm sorry, that's... That's bad. Brad, what did you mean when you said we weren't the first? I saw plenty of ships. Big, beautiful ships. They'd come alongside and tempt me to go out to them. I tried it a couple of times, but whenever I opened the outer hatch, they just melted away. They were all in my imagination. Then I remembered Wilson and I stayed in the cabin. I stayed with Carter until I couldn't stand his stupid, lifeless grin anymore, so I put him out through the airlock with his jet pistol fixed to him and working. And away he went. See? Brad, are you quite sure that all those ships were in your imagination? Is there a chance they might have been real? Now listen, Colonel Kent, who's round the bend, you or me? I've done a lot of flying. I know when I'm seeing things and when I'm not. Of course, of course. <laughs> we won't worry you with any more questions. We want to get you back to Woomera as soon as possible. Do you know what it means? Do you think you can stand up to the jet thrust or shall we wait a bit? No, no, let's go. I want to feel the ground under my feet again. All right, fasten your straps. Chris, start the compressors, and we'll move out of orbit. Yes, sir. Caps open. Here we go. Unity Earth Control, hello. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We can see that on the central monitor. Keep tracking. What is it, Kelvin? Oh, that tracking officer. What's his name? Uh, uh, Manelli. is drawing our attention to the fact that Kent's ship is now inside the atmosphere and breaking smoothly. Don't discourage our friend Manelli. A little more of his efficiency, and we should not have lost the main interference transmitter. Uh, turn up the sound monitor. Right. We should hear Womera broadcasting the preliminary landing instructions. Right, one, three, three, seven, four. Range 1545. There they are. Hello, SM. Repeating. 
You are bearing 281 EB745. Range 1545. Open your retro jets to 110 maximum. Turn to CSC. 110 it is. Thank you. Colonel Kent and his pilot don't know how lucky they are, do they, Clara? No, they don't. They were fortunate to keep clear of Orbiter X. Their sudden change of Course towards Britain's ship came just in time. I hope their apparent success doesn't go to their heads, because if it does, they may start regular flights again. If they do that, it should give Bradley an opportunity to exercise his newly found talents. He might carry out a little sabotage on our behalf. Yes, so he might. But our task now is to restore interference transmissions quickly and get to work on the assembly of Orbiter X. And while Captain Britain and his team are waiting for us, they will have ample opportunity for reflection. After a few more days in zero gravity, they should be even more willing to cooperate. ship's beginning to look more like herself now. Do you had any luck with the radio, Mac? No, Bob told me to lay off it. Did he? Yeah, well, it's pretty obvious that if we started transmitting, his signals would be intercepted by Kramer, and we'd be on the receiving end of a missile before you could say night. Yes, I know that, but we'll have to use the radio just before we land. Why? Well, ships don't just drop down into Woomera without getting ground clearance first. Uh, this one's going to. Hey, you two. Stop nattering and help me check over the new compressor, will you? Yeah, Bob. Coming. Now, look. We can't afford any mistakes. Once we start moving, we've got to keep going. Otherwise, the unitists will be on our tail. True, true. Hickey, you're supposed to be the expert. Have a look at these connections. Aye, aye, sir. Chief Petty Officer Hicks, follow. Yeah, sometimes I wish I still was a chiefie. <laughs> uh, just think of all that flight engineer's pay that's pouring into that account of yours while you're out here. Oh, I don't know about that. I reckon my wife's drawing a widow's pension by now. <laughs> oh, well, let's have a look at the plumbing. I've checked the jets outside, Bob. They seem to be fine. Yes, I went over them myself, too. It seems to me that the weakest part of the repair job is the hull. I don't know how those patches are going to stand the strain once we start diving through the atmosphere. Oh, I don't know either. Well, before we get going, we'll check our pressure suits and helmets. We'll need them if the hull starts opening up. You're right. What about the ship's temperature control? Do you think that's okay? As far as I can see, it is. If we start burning up when we hit the air, well, well you'll know it isn't. Oh, thanks for telling me. Now, uh, this uh, compressor job looks fair enough, Bob. I'll open the valves and test for leaks. Right, Higgy. Go ahead. Yes, yeah. it sounds all right. Yes, the gauge is steady. There's only one more test we can carry out now, and that's to open the fuel taps and see how she goes. Right. Back to the control cabin, chaps. Let's see whether it was all worthwhile, eh? Shut the bulkheads, Mac. Uh. Now, check your suits. Get into your seats. Uh. I hope we're going to start moving out of orbit. Mm, my suit's okay. Yes, and mine. Right. Well, this is our big moment. The jets work. Don't forget we've got to keep them going, whatever happens. Any questions? No, no questions. Uh, we've asked all the questions, Bob. Let's see if we've found the right answers. Okay. Open the taps. The jets are working. Arbiter 2's back itself. Watch those engine indicators, Hickey. Right, Bob. 
And Mac, you know your job? Sure. The navigation's up to you. I know. And without any radio and half the instruments gone, the best of British luck. Earth Control calling tracking stations. Keep sweeping. That ship must be located quickly. Kelvin, what has happened? Oh, Dr. Kramer, it is unbelievable, but Orbiter 2 has disappeared. What? The tracking stations are sweeping for her now. There must be some mistake. No, I am afraid not. Hello? Yes? Right, put it through. The trackers have got her. The picture is coming off a number one monitor. Yes, there it is. Yes. That is Orbiter 2, under control with all jets working. Hmm. Interesting. You take it very calmly. That ship was a derelict. Who has repaired it and who is on board? The answer is perfectly obvious. Not to me. There is no mystery. We have simply underestimated the ingenuity of our Commonwealth Space Project friends. You will remember that we saw Colonel Kent's ship stop alongside Orbiter 2. Yes, now we know why he stopped. It was to put a repair squad on board. They would have taken all the necessary equipment with them, and this is the result. Yes, of course, you're right. Then what are your instructions? I see no reason for extreme measures. If the ship makes a safe landing, it can do no harm. But CSP will regard it as a great achievement. First, Colonel Kent arrives back safely at Woomera with Bradley. Then, if his salvage squad arrives, confidence will be restored and flying restrictions may be relaxed. Hmm. You may be right there, Gilbin. Then what do you suggest? Let me see. Our main interference transmitter is out of action, but we can still transmit an emergency service for a short time. Oh, yes. It's screened the return of Bradley to Orbiter 1. Exactly. We can use it again to jam the CSP tracking stations. Also... It will cut all communications between Orbiter 2 and Woomera. Of course. And without the help of electronics, the ship is hardly likely to make a successful landing. No. Even more important, perhaps, the people at Woomera will have little or no warning of its approach. They may even regard it as hostile and take the appropriate defensive action. The interference is building up again, Colonel Kent. Just take a look at those monitor screens. Yes. How's the level on the sound channels? Oh. All right, turn it on. It's a strange thing, you know. It's been absolutely clear since you picked up Camp Captain Bradley. I wonder if this is going to mean more trouble. Yes, I wonder. Well, the interference is back, is it? Yes. Uh, come over here, will you, Captain Knight? Say, it's lucky this didn't clamp down before we got back. That's what I was thinking. It rather upsets my theories. Oh, well, never mind. Uh, what's the latest on Bradley? Well, he seems to be comfortable, but there's something about him that almost puts my back up. Oh, I know I shouldn't say that after all he's been through, but I never expected him to be, well, like he is. I used to get on very well with him, but now he's, well, he's talking down to me. 
I know what you mean. But we must make allowances. Yes. The doctors say he stood up to his ordeal very well, and they're very pleased with him. You know his wife's flying out from England? Yes. She'll probably do more good than all the rest of us put together. Well, I hope she will. Has he been able to tell you exactly what happened to him out there, sir? Well, we're getting the story in bits and pieces, but uh, so far it doesn't help us very much. You know, I'm still convinced that our efforts are being sabotaged. But we'll see whether or not I'm right when we master the interference trouble. Sir, there's an image coming up in number one monitor. What's this? Oh, it's probably part of the interference pattern. Check with the tracking stations, Brown. Right. Look at the picture now, sir. It's, it's almost like a projectile. Or a ship. Yes, it could be. But we know it isn't one of ours. And today's bulletin from the UN Space Department doesn't mention any flights. Colonel, the trackers are in a real panic. They say there is a solid object out there. It's well inside the atmosphere and it's heading towards us at a pretty fair rate. It is, is it? Right. I want the range and bearing worked out immediately. Sound the general alarm and alert the perimeter defenses. I don't know what's behind this, but if somebody's looking for trouble, they'll get it. Oh, sir, the image on the screen is pretty bad. The figures are coming through, okay? This other matter is satisfied. Keep the predictor information straight to them. Yes, Colonel. The UFO's bearing 209 EV27, range 951, altitude 75 miles. Still heading towards us. Order the missiles to line up. Right, right up now. Keep tracking, Brown. Yes, Colonel. You're quite sure the UN Space Department knows nothing about any flights? Absolutely sure. We've checked. All the same, we can't open fire until we know beyond all reasonable doubt that the object is a projectile aimed at Boomerang. Turn up the sound monitor. Right, sir. Yes, the interference is pretty bad, but I'll try making a call. I don't suppose you can get an answer, but you never know. Hello. This is CSP Woomera calling unidentified flying object bearing 209 EV27. Announce your identity, please. This is urgent. Nothing there. No, just must. Hold everything. The UFO seems to have leveled out. Yes, the altitude's going up. Up to 80, 80 miles plus. Look at that. It can't be a projectile at all. It must be piloted. It must be a ship. Sorry we had to overshoot our target and climb away from Woomera, chaps. Well, it was either that or we'd have burnt up, Bob. Yes. Blimey, it was like a furnace when we got down into the atmosphere. What's our position now, Mac? Uh, we're almost over the Gulf of Carpentaria. Altitude around 90 miles. So, the big question is, do we carry on and make a complete circuit around the Earth? Or do we turn and make another dive towards home sweet home? Well, if we make the full circuit, we should have bags of time to slow down to landing speed. But what about Trammer and the Unitists? Yes, at 10 to 1, they'd start throwing things. And we'd be a nice, easy target for the blighters. Yes, that's the whole trouble, Hickey. Well, I reckon we ought to turn and dive. It's risky. If we start heating up again, we can always pull out. As long as we don't leave it too late. Yeah, it's the only way, Bob. All right. What's the second temperature now? It's fallen to 120 degrees. Perfect shades of Aden. I remember when I was there in the Navy, it was so blooming hot. You can tell us about that some other time, old lad. How's the cooling plant working? Uh, It's a bit dicey. We should have given it a thorough check when we carried out the general repairs, I suppose. Uh, Can't be helped now. The thing is, are we all agreed that we have another bash for Woomera? Yeah. Yes, agreed. Right. Then open up the starboard jets at nine-tenths maximum. We'll start turning. Okay. Here we go. 
and the best of luck. That's fine. Open the port, gents, and balance off. Good cattle. Going into the dive. Check your straps. Okay. Keeper on bearing 312 EB19. Right. Accurate navigation is tricky without radio. Let's put us on course for HQ. Fair enough. We're going down fast now. You've said it. Look at the ceramic on the leading edges of the fins. It's beginning to glow red hot. And we won't start worrying until the hull begins to glow. Like it did on that last time. Yeah, but we were traveling a lot faster then. Oh, that's true. Do you think the TSP tracking stations have picked us up yet? Not if Kramer's still got his interference transmitter working on low-altitude coverage. They should certainly see us by the time we get down to the 60 or 70-mile mark. And yeah, they could have heard us if we'd stopped to get the radio working. Yeah, so could Kramer. Can't risk that. No, of course not. Hope they recognize us. Otherwise, we'll get a blooming hot reception. <laughs> like a little ray of sunshine, isn't it, Bob? Yeah. All the same, we want to give them a good chance to pick us up on the scanners. Better start breaking again. I'll open the auxiliary retro jets. Hold on. The temperature's creeping up to the danger level already. Can't be helped. No turning back now. We'll just keep going. Hope for the best. <laughs> UFO bearing 042, EV23. Altitude, 60 miles. It looks as if it's holding to its course this time, Sir Charles. Yes. What do you make of it? I wish I knew. The picture on the monitor is bound to clear as the thing gets closer. Yes. That is clearing now. Yes, the object's beginning to take shape. It's obviously diving out of the interference zone. How about another call on the RT? I'll try. Hello, CSP Woomerer calling UFO. Are you receiving me? Come in, please. Uh, still no answer. Hey, look at the picture. Yes. Yeah, I'm looking. Surely that outline's familiar. It's exactly like one of our own ships. Yes, it is. I say, sir, the tracking station of Mount Isa has just come through to say that UFO looks like Orbiter 2. Well, look at the screen now. I can't understand. Well, neither can I, but seeing's believing. Trackers report Orbiter 2 approaching on bearing 042, EV18. That must be a mistake. I was bored the ship myself less than a week ago. It was derelict, empty, orbiting 1,200 miles above the Earth. It needed major repair, which seemed to have been carried out. But who by? Perhaps we shall know the answer to that question quite soon. According to the predictors, the ship ought to touch down 25 miles to the west of our landing zone. But it may change course on the final approach. If it doesn't, will you take me out to meet it in one of the jet helicopters, Kent? I will. Do you think it's wise for you to come, Sir Charles? Well, why shouldn't I? You don't imagine we're going to find a crew of Martians waiting for us, do you? Well, whoever they are, they can't be our chaps. Not unless they've been helped by some outside agent. What do you mean by that? What I mean is... Britain, McClellan, and Hicks left Orbiter 2. You know that because you went aboard. Yes. So if they returned to the ship and brought it home, we shall have to treat them very carefully. You understand? Yes, I think I do. The ground's coming up fast. Too late to turn towards Woomera, Mac. Yeah, I'm sorry I couldn't bring you right in on target. Don't apologize. We're not far off. The ground's good enough for landing. 
And any trouble now is cutting down speed. I'm going to start leveling out. The G-force will hit us pretty hard. Are you ready for it? Yeah. All set, Bob. Right. Something's breaking up. What is it? The starboard fin is beginning to crack. The heat must have done it. Okay, we'll have to crash land. It won't be too bad. I'm going in on the approach run. Now, just remember, the moment we stop, we must get out quickly in case of fire. Yeah. I've opened the inner hatch, Bob. We're all ready. Good. That fin will just hold together while I put the tail down. We'll be okay. Here we go. Right. Tail down. Well done, Bob. Uh, that was a nice bit of work, Bob. You both all right? Yes, all right. Uh, sure, sure. How'd we go quickly? Come on. After being in zero gravity, you... You feel you weigh about a ton when you stand up. We must move. Uh, you said it. Those fuel tanks might go up at any moment. Yeah, the hatch is jammed. I think it's shifting. Here, we'll give you a hand. Right. Get yourself to the hatch. Okay. Right. Uh, uh, Come on. How'd we go? Go <laughs> Oh, look at that. The engine room's burning all right. Yes. Just got out in time. Come on, run for it. Fast as you can. You must find some cover. A dip in the ground or two. Anything to screen us from the blast when the tanks explode. Uh, There's a dip. Straight ahead. It goes down three or four feet. Uh, Just a jump. Into it quickly in life, lad. Okay. Come on, Higgy. Don't worry, I'm with you. Good man. Where are we going to the dip? Uh, Head down. Well, old ship saw us home, chaps. Yes, she did her job and she went out in style. I suppose all we have to do now is to wait for the woman or boys to come out and pick us up. Yeah, yeah that's about it, Mac. <coughs> you shouldn't have any trouble finding us. You can bet your life they've tracked us down. Well, there's plenty of smoke to guide them in. <laughs> plenty of smoke. Oh, it's blowing this way, too. Come on, let's move. Might as well start getting used to normal gravity again. Even if this isn't the ideal place to practice it. Oh, look at it. Sun and sands. Miles of blooming desert. I reckon it's hotter here than it was inside the ship. Not that I'm complaining. I shouldn't think so either. You'll be back in Portsmouth with your wife and kids in no time. Ah, Pompey, eh? That sounds like heaven now. You think I'm likely to get leave, though, Bob? Yeah. Yes, I'm sure you'll get a short break anyway, Iggy. Now, what about you? Think you'll be getting back to those nice, cold Essex marshes of yours? Not until CSP decide what to do about the units, eh, Mac? No. As far as I'm concerned, I'm not even thinking of home yet. Glasgow's still a long way off. Oh, away with you. You'll be staggering down Sucky Hall Street before you know where you are. I never <laughs> stagger, Hickey. Well, then you're giving a lifelike imitation of it now. You know, it's about time you had a little bit of naval discipline again. Come here. Yeah. No, thank you very much. No, thank you, you too. Come on. Listen, I can hear engines. You're, you're right. Yes, they sound like our jet helicopters. Look, look, there they are. There's two of them. See them just through the smoke there. Yeah, one of them for flying ambulances. Yes, there's no mistaking the white. I wonder who's in the other one. Oh, Colonel Kent, I'll bet you. Yes. Give them away. Hello there. I right hear you, Hickey. Now, look, they're circling. Come on down, for goodness sake. 
They probably can't believe their eyes. They must have recognized us by now. Yeah, yeah. They're waving back. Here they come. You all right, Max? There's the colonel. Look, he's got the child. Stay with him. Let's go and meet him. Come I'm on. halfway there. Colonel Kent. Hello. Hello, sir. Hello. So it really is you. I will not go, sweat. I will. And it's good to see you. And you, Sir Charles. Hello, sir. Uh, hello, Britain. It's very good to see you. Well, this is a moment we've been waiting for for a long time. Yeah, I'll say it is. You're all all right, are you? Oh, yes. Pretty good, thanks, sir. I expect you've picked up the ship properly uh, as soon as we got below the interference zone. Yes, it was just as well for you that we did. I must say you were pretty quick off the mark with the rescue party, sir. Congratulations. The predictors gave us your approximate landing point and we took off before you actually uh, landed. Uh, <laughs> sorry we couldn't make a better job of it, but... Things got a bit sticky, as you can guess. We've got quite a story to tell. You see, after we went out to find Brent... Hey, well, in Britain, we're, we're most interested to hear your story, but perhaps this is hardly the place for it. Uh, you'd better come aboard the machine, and we'll take you straight back to Woman. Yes, good idea. Yeah, let's get out of the sun. Yeah. Come on, Hickey. Up we go. Right. Well, now, you obviously don't need the ambulance, so it can follow us back. Yes, all we need is a clean-up and a little bit of rest. You'll have to have a medical check. We'll take you to the camp hospital to begin with, and you can start telling us your story on the way. Yeah, right, sir. We all aboard? Yes. Right. And here we go. I don't like it. I don't think Kent and that old idiot of a minister believe a word we told them. Uh, did you see the colonel's face when you explained how we repaired Orbiter 2? And when you said we've been on board the Orbiter X workshop rocket, well, he looked downright suspicious. Just take it easy, boy. That's your trouble, Bob. Sometimes you're too easy. Just because this numbskull Kent, your senior officer, you say, yes, sir, no, sir. Mac, be quiet. No, I won't. But he's us here in this hospital room. Is as good as locking us up. We're under arrest, that's what we are. Oh, they haven't told us yet, but don't worry, they will. When they've cooked up a case. That's enough, man. Don't you realize, while Colonel Blimpen is satellite minister, of fumbling round in circles, Kramer's getting down to business. Now, look. May I come in? Oh, yes. Colonel Kent, yes, of course. I suppose you have the rumpus. Well, uh, perhaps it would be better to forget. No, you don't have to be diplomatic with us, sir. It's time we cleared the air, and it's time we started asking you a few questions. Now, Max, for heaven's sake. If I don't shake this place up, the unitists will. Now, listen. You can let off steam with me, but don't try it with the minister, and don't underestimate him. He'll be back in a moment, and I thought I'd have a quiet word with you first. Okay. You must admit you've told us a most astonishing story. There are bound to be more questions, and you may be in for one or two shocks. And so will you, sir. If you don't believe what we tell you... I'm bound to say that's perfectly true, sir. There is a very serious danger, and you've got to accept it. Cool down, both of you. You must be patient. And to you in particular, Mac, a word of warning. Keep yourself in check and don't lose your temper. Ah, now, this will be Sir Charles. Now, remember what I said. Uh, come in. Ah, Sir Charles. Oh, well, gentlemen, it's nice to see you. I hope all of you are beginning to settle down. It's a little early to say yet, Sir Charles. Well, uh, I'm glad to see that you're in good state of medical. Yes. And mentally, I think. Uh, Oh, good, good. Well, now, uh, Colonel Kent and I have been having a serious talk about what you told us. 
Uh, there are just one or two points in your story that I'd like to clear up, so uh, suppose you make yourself comfortable and try and relax. All right, we'll try, Sir Charles. Now, Britain, when you first arrived at this place you call Unity Headquarters, I gather that you expected to be faced with a, a program of indoctrination. Well, I should say there was no doubt about it. You seem very sure of it. Well, yes. It wasn't difficult to recognize the early stages of the brainwashing technique. Ah. You know, the build-up of tension, uncertainty, repetitive noises, bright lights, interrogation. We had all that from the moment we arrived. Uh, but uh, it made no impression on you. No. We weren't there long enough. But given time, uh, do you think it might have had some effect? I honestly don't know. Presumably, Captain Bradley would. Bradley? Yes, I expect he would, poor chap. Well, he's been there long enough now. He probably had the full treatment. By the way... Uh... You say he had a broken leg. Uh, was it the left or the right leg? Do you remember? Uh, the right one, wasn't it, mate? Uh, yes, it was. Do you agree with that, Hicks? Oh, I can't say, because I never saw him, sir. Uh, Captain Britton told you, sir, Hicks wasn't with us when we found Bradley in the headquarters. Oh, yes, 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 it had slipped my mind. I suppose you think we should have brought him out with us, sir. No, no, no. Your duty was to get back here with the information. That's exactly what Brad said. Yes, he said we'd never make it if we tried to bring him along with us. He did, did he? Yes, but we made a promise that we'd go back for it. And we mean to keep that promise. That won't be necessary, will it, Colonel Kent? No, hardly. Well, well, what do you mean, sir? Bob, I've got a surprise for you. We haven't mentioned it before, but Jack Bradley is no longer at Unity Headquarters. What? He's right here inside the hospital. Right here? Yeah, it can't be. I, I don't understand it. But it's wonderful news, how on earth did he get back? He sent us a radio signal from Orbiter One. He did what? He signaled us from his ship, and I flew out with Captain Knight. Picked him up. And he was there? Yes. I also took the opportunity to look aboard Orbiter Two. And you were not there. Now you'll begin to see why we've been a little worried about your story. Ah, yes, but it all adds up, doesn't it? Yes, Bradley must have been put back on his ship by the Unitists. They intended he should be picked up. Yes, hold on, wait a minute. How did you hear his signal through the interference? Stop. Well, that clinches it. Unity cut the interference to make jolly sure that you did hear him. This was their one way of getting him back to Woomera without arousing suspicion. Yes, but why should they want him back? Hasn't he told you all about them, sir? No, not a word. Do you realize what this means, Colonel Kent? Yes, Matt. We're not quite numbskulls, you know. The minister and I have decided that Captain Bradley has been through the brainwashing treatment. And he's here as a Unity agent. Yes, I'm afraid that is now obvious. Yes, it looks like it. But Jack Bradley, no, he, he wouldn't agree to work for those people. Believe me, if they know their job, which I'm sure they do, there probably isn't a man alive who could hold out against them. Yes, I suppose you're right, Sir Charles. How is Brad? Can we see him? Yes, yes, it's all been arranged. I, I've just spoken to the doctors, and they agree it might be a good idea for him to meet you right away. I'll have him sent in. We're going to see him now. Quiet, Hickey. Uh, we are ready for Bradley. I take it he doesn't know we're here. No, indeed he doesn't. That's the whole point of the meeting. Shock tactics, eh? I don't like it. Neither do any of us. But we may help to trigger off the process of reconversion. It'll be interesting to see his reactions. Now, here he is. You wanted to see Mr. Tarr? Hello, Bradley. Britain. McClellan, Hicks, I... No... No, it isn't true. You weren't expecting this, were you, Bradley? True. You weren't expecting this, were you, Bradley? True. You weren't... 
he stands for. What are you talking about? You know quite well. Britain and McClellan spoke to you when you were inside the Unity headquarters. That's where you first met Kramer and a man called Gelvin, do you remember? I've never heard of them. And there was a Dr. Rabel. These names mean nothing to me. But, Brad, you do know these people. You were in their hands. We were with you. I don't remember. Then you'd better think hard. How are you supposed to get in touch with them? Get in touch with them? You're... You're, you're talking nonsense. What have they done to you? Come on, snap out of it, man. Tell me about the indoctrination. You're all wrong. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Then tell me where you think you've been for the past few weeks. I've been aboard Orbiter One. You know that. We know that's not true. You weren't there when Britain went aboard? It was Kramer who put you there. Kramer, wasn't it? I don't know who Kramer is. Where are his headquarters? They must cover a large area. I tell you, I don't know. Well, which country are they in? The local government must know about them, and so must you. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. And as for you, Britain... Brad, you must help us. You wouldn't be the first to defect against Unity. Dr. Ravel helped us, and she may have done, but I... She? Now, the game's up, Bradley. We never mentioned that Dr. Ravel is a woman. You obviously know about her, just as you know about Kramer and the rest. Now start talking. All right. I did promise to help Unity, and I'm proud of it. During the past weeks, I've learned to see things more clearly. I see that democracy, communism, dictatorships are all leading to the same end. Destruction. The only hope for the future of the world is a unity world government. It's bound to happen. It's natural evolution. And whatever you do, you can't stop it. I hoped I'd be able to play a part in it, but now I realize that that's impossible. Yes, it is. Quite impossible. But you can't make me say anything that would injure the organization. You won't tell us where the headquarters are? Of course not. In any case, I don't know. But you mean they never told you? No. I realized they had to protect themselves in case something like this happened. That means you were to work through a contact. I have nothing to say. All right. We'll find out later. But uh, purely as a matter of interest, do you know why Dr. Kramer left uh, Britain, McClellan, and Hicks on Orbiter X? There must have been a sudden emergency because he left quite suddenly without any explanation. Yes, the interference transmitter caught fire at Unity headquarters. So that was it. He was afraid his ship would be seen on the ground tracking screens. Aye, no wonder he pushed off and left us to it. Then he must have rebuilt the transmitter very quickly to cover your return to Orbiter One, Bradley. No, he used a small emergency setup. Yes, of course. Of course, it, it will be obviously some time before Karma can put the main transmitter back into service and return to Orbiter X. Don't you believe it? Their people are efficient. The new transmitter's probably working already. I wonder. Uh, Colonel Kent, would you be good enough to ring through to Central Control and check on them? By all means. Oh, hello, Brown. Kent here. Yes, sir. Tell me, what is the interference like on the sound and vision monitors at the moment? Well, there isn't any, sir. Both channels are clear. I suppose they would be when we don't want to use them. Ah, uh, yes. Well, perhaps you've got something there. Right. That's all I wanted to know. Okay, sir. You heard that, Sir Charles? Uh, yes, thank you. It appears that Dr. Kramer is less efficient than you thought, Bradley. I'm not saying any more. You can do what you like. I don't worry. You may not realize it, Bradley, but you're a sick man. We'll see that you're properly cared for. Come along, Bradley, this way. Uh, the minister and I will be back in a moment, Bob. Yes, sir. Uh -huh. oh, what do you know? I know what I'd like to do to Kramer and his gang. Uh, so do I. And I think what they must have done to Bradley. He's a, he's a completely different man. Yes. Will he ever be himself again, Bob? Yes, but it may take some time. Yeah, it's pretty grim the way he caved in when he first saw us. 
He soon pulled himself together, didn't he? Yeah, and when he realized he'd given himself away, he came right out on Crammer's side. Oh, see what happens when his wife is him. Yes, well, she may be able to help. Well, uh, gentlemen, I promised you some shocks. We've still another one in store for you, haven't we, Sir Charles? Yes, I'm afraid we have. I hope it's not a case of meeting another Bradley. I must say, I feel a bit shaken after that. Oh, we all do. Yes, it was pretty frightening. I couldn't agree more. Now, listen, gentlemen. This unity organization's got to be broken up. But the important thing is that we don't want Kramer to know we're on his tail. Otherwise, he'll go into action. Am I right, Bob? Yes, quite right, sir. He's got stacks of ballistic missiles, and he won't hesitate to use them. He thought he was in danger. So, at the moment, our best line of attack is through you. Yes, I suppose it is, but what can we do? It may be a job with a one-way ticket, so I shall quite understand if you decide not to take it on. The point is this. As far as Kramer knows, Bradley is still his agent, and you are still on our embryo space station, Orbiter X. Yes. Now, we don't want to upset that illusion, and there's no reason why we should. But as soon as the interference transmitter is working again, Kramer will go back to the station. Exactly, and he must find things just as he left them. You mean you... You want us to go? Yes. Colonel Kent and I are asking you to return to the place you struggled so hard to get away from. In other words, what we are asking you to do is to go back to Orbiter X. Go back there? We'd never make it. Kramer would see us on his track. Yeah, just a minute, boys. Sir Charles, I expect you've got the answers to this. I think we have. Uh, Kent, perhaps you'd explain. Yes, of course. Not long after you left, I decided that the interference which was plaguing us on sound and vision was being produced artificially. Our electronics department got working on the problem, and although they haven't been able to find the source of the interference, they've found some of the answers to it. And they've also produced some screening devices of their own. You mean deflectors? Yes. When you fit them to a ship, they seem to screen it just as effectively as the interference transmission. They've just been fitted to one of our ships, and that's the one which could take you back to the space station components. Well, I'm ready to give it a try. How about you, Mac? Uh, sure, I'll have a go. Yes, yeah, so will I. I'm sorry about this as far as you're concerned, Hickey. I hoped you might have a chance to see your family before you started flying again. Yes, I did too. <laughs> Still, can't be helped. Well, we're most grateful to you all. Yes, indeed. Now, Captain Knight will fly you out, put you aboard the Central Workshop's rocket, and then bring his ship back here to Umara. Yes, so when Kramer returns to Orbiter X, you'll find us waiting for him. And you'll have no idea we've been away. None at all, we hope. And you should be in a strong position because you'll be working to a fixed plan. You'll have one or two mechanical aids to help you. And while you're busy at your end, the rest of the fleet will be armed and fitted with the new deflectors. Obviously, the fitting out is going to take several weeks. So during that time, we thought we'd let the unitists go ahead and assemble the space station for us. <laughs> with our help, I presume. Yes. <laughs> That's quite an idea. And then you take it over when it's complete. Uh, naturally, but you, you don't have to worry about that side. Hmm. You mentioned some mechanical aids, sir. Yes, sir. You can listen to the signals yourselves. Now turn it on. Mm -hmm. Yes, well, it works. Yes. There are two very important points about these uh, transmissions. First of all, they should be heard through the unity interference screen. And secondly, they can only be picked up on a special receiver. So the unitists won't hear them. That's excellent. Now, if you can possibly manage it... We want you to plant this gadget inside Kramer's ship. Uh-huh. Oh, I see. If you succeed, it means that wherever the ship goes, it'll be tracked by our direction finders. 
Sooner or later, we should be able to trace it right back to Unity headquarters and pinpoint them on the map. Ah, it sounds wonderful. How long can the beacon go on working? Uh, the batteries are supposed to last for uh, up to three months. Fair enough. But um, what happens after you've located the headquarters? Well, uh, that'll be a matter of higher policy. Yes, you needn't worry about that. Your job is to plant the beacon and help the Unitys to put the space station together. Yes, how will you know when it's complete? Kram will obviously screen it electronically. And he must have a method of screening it visually as well. Well, that doesn't worry us too much, because we shall rely on you to send us a signal when the job's finished. Yes. You see, the transmitter you'll use is exactly like the beacon, but the signal is different. Now, listen, here it is. Now, as soon as we hear this, we shall know that your mission has reached its final stage. That's when you'll make your getaway aboard one of the space station chariots. We'll give you a small deflector set, which will screen you from the unitists, and one of our ships will come out, pick you up, and bring you back here to Woomera. Uh, yes, but where will it pick us up? We'd better fix a rendezvous. Yeah, no, uh, well, uh, I know. Uh, how about Bradley's old ship, Orbiter 1? Oh, that's an idea, Bob. Yes, it's still circling the Earth, so we could cross over to it just as we crossed over to our own ship. In the chariot. Well, that's excellent. That seems to be the answer. The rendezvous is Orbiter 1. Well, that's the plan as it affects you, Bob. The main point's clear? Yes, I think so. First, we plant the beacon on Kramer's ship. Then, when the station's complete, we send you the signal and set out on the chariot for Orbiter 1. That's right. And we take that signal as our cue to send off a ship to meet you. It's a tough assignment. Now you've heard all about it, then if you want to change your mind and back out, this is the moment to say so. No, we'd like to go ahead, sir. Good. Well, as you realize, it's essential that you arrive on the Orbiter X workshop rocket before Kramer gets there. So you'll have to move fast. Yes, of course. Uh, Kent, uh, I understand you briefed Captain Knight for a test run with the deflectors. Uh, yes, they've been fitted to his ship, Orbiter 3. And the final adjustments are being made to them now. As soon as they're complete, I'll give him the word to take off. We'd very much like to see the test, sir. Yes, but there's no need for you to hang about. I think you all need the, all the rest you can get. Now, look... I'm going over to the control room, and I'll give you a call when the test flight begins. Here we are, Bob. Come right in. Uh, come in, all of you. Thanks. Sir. Hello, that's a familiar sound, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's the beacon transmitter. Uh, Captain Knight's got it aboard his ship. He took off a few minutes ago. Orbiter 3, bearing 209, EV12, altitude 50 miles. Hello, fellas. Great to see you again. You give it to old lad. I didn't see anything on the monitors. No, we hope you won't. You mean they can't pick up Orbiter 3? No, they're trying, but they haven't managed it so far. Well, the deflectors really are working. Yes, as you see, the monitor screens are reassuringly blank. This signal we're hearing, is it actually coming from a similar transmitter to the one you showed us? It's the same one. Ah, and as we're not using the normal radio, in case uh, Kramer's listening, it's our only link with Orbiter 3. Yes, I'm getting my bearings from the direction finders which are locked onto it. The bearing now is 208 EV14, altitude 55 plus us. So when we plant the beacon aboard Kramer's ship, you'll be able to trace him just like this. We hope so. Uh, if Kramer only knew what he's in for. That's something you must never know. This gadget changes the whole situation. Isn't there any chance of it being picked up on a normal receiver, sir? None at all. Altitude is up to 70. 
plus. And still nothing on the screens. No interference either, thank goodness. Oh, by the time Kramer gets his transmitter going again, we ought to be safely aboard Orbiter X. Hold on. There's something coming up on the central monitor, sir. Yes. You're right, Brown. The small disturbance plumb in the center. It's a 208 EV17. The same bearing I'm getting from DF for Orbiter 3. And so the deflectors are not quite perfect. Hello? Yeah? You've seen it too? You can? Good. I'll call him straight back to base. Thank you. That was the electronics department. They're monitoring over there and they spotted the fault. They think they can correct it with a small adjustment. Oh, I hope they can. I hope so too. Uh, we'll order Captain Knight back right away. Good. Well, I've got some rather interesting news for you as soon as you can leave the control room. Well, you can cross over into my office right away. I've seen all I need on the first test run. Uh, Knight's altitude is down to, uh, what is it, Brown? A 55 plus, sir. Everything seems okay. He's coming in smoothly on the predicted landing course and the screens are clear. Right. Well, give me a call if you want me. I shall be next door. Okay, sir. Uh, will you come this way, Sir Charles? Yes, I will. Uh, and uh, Britton and his team might come along, too. I'm sure they'll be equally interested in what I've got to say. Thank you, sir. In you come, gentlemen. Uh, thanks, sir. Now then, I thought you should know that the psychiatrist's been having a long talk with Captain Bradley. He says there's no doubt the man has been well indoctrinated by the unitists. The poor chap's thoroughly rattled. And as a result, he's given away his method of contacting unity headquarters. He has? What is yes. it, sir? It's very simple. He makes an apparently harmless telephone call on the radio telephone link. It doesn't matter who he calls, because at certain times, which we now know... The link is being monitored. Uh -huh. So he may ring, say, a, a Mr. Smith who keeps a garage in Alice Springs. He makes an apparently harmless inquiry about cars, but he uses a word code. Oh, yes. The person being called is entirely innocent, of course, but somewhere along the line, a unity agent is taking everything down and sorting out the real message. Mm. I see. I see. It's going to be difficult to find the agent. Quite, but we don't want to find him at the moment. We want to use him, and we can use him because we know the code. Ah, you mean you'll get Bradley to send phony messages back to Unity? Not Bradley, but the security people have got hold of a pilot named King, whose voice sounds almost exactly like Bradley's on the phone. King? Yes. Now that you mention it, their voices are alike. Well, we think it's essential that they should be, because the agent may have been sent a record of Bradley speaking. Mm, that's true. Anyway, gentlemen... At this precise moment, Captain King is speaking on the radio telephone to an innocent shopkeeper in Alice Springs. He's given his name as Bradley, and he's inquiring about some books. What is he really saying? When his words are decoded, the message that the agent will get is this. Thank you. Orbiter 2 crashed, no survivors, no more ships taking off in foreseeable future. Ah. Well, I think that should make Kramer feel reasonably secure. Yes. And at the same time, it'll satisfy him that Bradley's doing his job. Ah, it's wonderful, because then Kramer won't feel he's got to hustle things along. And this is just the start. As a unity agent working for us, Captain Bradley, alias King, should be very useful. Yes, I think he should. Oh, excuse me, Colonel. The interference has suddenly started again. What? Oh, that's done it. Right, well, we'll come through to the control room in a minute. Right, sir. Oh, and uh, Captain Knight, he's just coming in to land now. Good. Well, Kramer's obviously got his main interference transmitter working again. 
So he'll be on his way back to Orbiter X any time now, Britain. Yes, we've got to beat him to it, sir. You have. Uh, take the major transmitter now, Bob. Here it is. Right. The portable deflectors for the chariots will be put aboard the ship. Well, it looks as though we'll have to skip those adjustments to the ship's deflectors. Oh, no, you won't. They'll be carried out during refueling. This could turn out to be a race between you and Kramer, but you're not going to throw away your chances of success before you start. Orbiter 3 coming in on number one platform, sir. Right. You'd better get down there as quick as you can, Bob. We'll feed the details of your course straight into the ship's automatic pilot. You'll take off as soon as the ground staff give us the all clear. Very good, sir. Okay, you all set, Mac? You, Hickey? Yeah. Yes, I'm ready, Bob. Good luck to you. Thank you, sir. Off you go, then. The best of good luck. Don't be silly, it's your ship, old boy. You're the boss. One minute to zero. Control calling Orbiter 3. Check your stabilizers. Well, they're okay. Gyro's turning at 2,000 revs. Good. Orbiter 3 answering your control. Stabilizers correct. Gyro spinning, 2,000 revs. Steady. Right, Orbiter 3. Check your fuel taps and stage one compression. All correct. Hello, control. Taps open. Four fifths compression. Rising. Zero minus thirty. Nine tenths pressure in the combustion chambers. Temperature twelve hundred. Good. Hello, control. Compression nine tenths maximum. All jets firing. Hello, over the stream. Stand by for normal takeoff. There'll be no deviation from predicted course. Good luck. Thanks. Ten seconds. Nine. Eight. Seven. We're lifting. Six. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. We're flying. hope the deflectors are doing their job. Well, if they're not, we won't get any warning until it's too late, so why worry? Yes, why indeed. What's our position now, sir? We're flying over central China. The altitude's 954. We should rendezvous with Orbiter X just after we've crossed the Arctic Circle. Ah, jolly good. You know, I've been thinking, when the whole fleet is fitted with these deflectors, it could go straight in and wipe up the Unity Headquarters. And the rest of the world wouldn't be any the wiser. Yes, of course. But it all depends on whether we can plant the beacon aboard Kramer's ship. If we don't succeed, we won't know where the headquarters are. You chaps have got quite a responsibility. <laughs> we don't want to slip up. Uh, what would happen if we did, Bob? What to us, you mean? <laughs> no, that's painfully obvious. No, what would happen at Woomera? Well, they'd go ahead and get the fleet armed and screened anyway. Then, if they don't hear from us, they'll probably come out and tackle the Unity ships in space. And that would really make Kramer go into action. Yes. He'd probably launch his general attack on the world. But our people couldn't sit back and wait for him to strike first. No. As Chris says, we've got quite a responsibility. 